This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. did because we got the cottonmouth sauce in today. Ooh. Steve Snakeuary cottonmouth venom sauce. I'm anxious to try all these. These came in the mail today. I'm pretty pumped. Well, chip? this one did. Yeah, you have any chips? We could try like one of them right no, now. No, man. We got to do the wings. Oh, we got to do wings. We got them all now so we can shoot that Sunday. If you're not cool. doing anything. I have to see. I have to be. It's going to depend on work. I'm going to be on call for work with this hurricane. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, if I'm not working. Word. Or if it's not pouring down rain. Also, word. Wait, you didn't give me a stick? No. Damn. Why you got to do your boy like that? I offered for you to come smoke one with me earlier, and you denied me. I was busy. (laughs) Still doesn't. Still hurts my feelings. You and your feelings can get over it. Anyways, I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. This is episode 51 of the Herbeticulture Podcast. I'm Jacob Brotz, Joe B. Marilla. That went differently in my head. <laughs> yeah, that, you, just, uh, uh, you just jumped right in, man. You didn't give me a chance. Um, before we get into this week's episode, uh, we have the return of our fish head question of the week. Fish head diagnostics, share knowledge, not Nido. This week's question is, um, should reusing shipping boxes be avoided and is there a way to disinfect them somehow? Something I, th- I was thinking, I'm the one who submitted this one because I was thinking about, we, you got some stuff in, I got some stuff in, I sent some stuff out. Uh, and I was like, man, these boxes are like the perfect vessel for horrible things. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is, um, while we all want to be considerate of the environment and recycle by reusing shipping boxes from previous animals or sellers, uh, this may not be the best for the animal. We can look back at a scenario we have used in the past, as we can equate it to being stuck in a small airplane with a passenger that might have the flu. You may be fine, or you may get the flu that they were carrying. Let's bring it back to the shipping box. Some of the items can be disinfected, such as plastic, styrofoam, cold packs, and all can be reused. Uh, But porous packing materials, especially paper products that can't be disinfected, should be discarded. There are several reptile diseases that have the potential to infect a wide variety of species and cause morbidity, and in many cases, mortality uh, of animals. Important diseases such as NIDO, paramyxovirus, IBD, cryptosporidium, etc., can all be transmitted by being exposed to an animal or a container they were housed in. Introduction of just one possible sick animal into a closed environment, such as a shipping box, can cause a ripple effect leading to illness and slash or even death. To minimize the risk of transmission, the ideal situation would be to recycle the used box and use a new box for each shipment. Get creative and be vocal about your commitment to keeping your collection healthy by following biosecurity procedures. Any animal that has left the collection and is coming back in or any new acquisition should go into quarantine for at least 90 days. Pre- and post-quarantine testing for communicable diseases is warranted before these animals re-enter the main population again. 
and seriously consider the risks of bringing animals into a shared space with other collections of unknown health status before you decide to participate. Thanks for tuning in to another question and answer session with Fish Head Diagnostics. And remember, to share knowledge and also like we were just talking about because i did record it the fifth and final installment of the steve snakeuary venom sauces has come in so we can dun, dun, dun. we can test these for all of you um that's going to be an interesting video. He's our new, our latest sponsor. That is going to be a fun video. I'm excited dude, about that. Dude, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. This one's like, a six out of ten. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun video, but I'm not excited at all. I am. Like, what are what are these? Is there a ten out of ten in here? Uh, one of them I want to say was like an eight or a nine. There's a five out of ten. That's a three. Six out of ten. But these are completely subjective. Like you could not be There's into, an eight right there. you could not be into spicy stuff and it just floor you. We have a five. This we is have a, a six. Three, five, a six, six, and an eight. Six, six, six. No, we only have two sixes, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm anxious to try these. Uh, all the if you buy any of Steve's Snakeuary venom sauces, they go to fund his Snakeuary and his rescue. Cause. He does education talks uh, all over the Louisiana, or yeah, Louisiana. For some reason, I'm going to say New Orleans, but that's not the state. That's just an area. Yeah. Uh, he's in Louisiana. He does talks outside of Louisiana, in Louisiana. He uh, takes in animals, uh, snakes, and, and rehabs them, rehomes them, all that good stuff. So you buy one of these bottles, proceeds from this go to that. Yeah. And they look pretty tasty. Yeah. I'm anxious to try the coral snake one. Dude, honestly, I think those are going to make cool, cool, like, cool little cool souvenirs, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, even if you didn't open them, they're just cool to have. Yeah. Like, Like pineapple mango banana jerk sauce. Like, I'm not big into pineapple, but this one I'm, like, the most curious to try for some reason. I don't know. But they look dope. The labels are nice. I'm excited for the pygmy just because I love pygmy rattlesnakes. Pygmies are my favorite of the, uh, the, 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 rat, the rattlers. None of these are made with like venom or anything like that. They're no. just called venom sauce. No, no snakes were harmed yeah, in making there's up no, sauce. There's not actual like coral snake chunks in these sauces. They're just, if you're a hot sauce person and you're like Steve yeah. is a hot sauce connoisseur. Hot so sauce he's like, I'm going to make my own line of hot sauces. Yeah. And here they are. So be sure to check those out. I'm sure I'll have a link down below somewhere. Uh, and you can pick one up, yeah. or all of them. You should get some, or all of them, preferably. Support Steve, man. Because we, we had to get the, the Cottonmouth one came in, and it came in broken, so we had to get him to send us a new one, so we could have all five, because we didn't want to shoot the video and not uh, not have them all. Dude. And that one's like a Salsa Verde looking We're going to be on the toilet for days. No, we're not. After this. We'll be fine. I'll drink a bottle. I don't care. You drink a bottle? Watch me. I would love to see that. Anywho, this is actually horrible for the equipment. Yeah, I don't, know why I don't care. Doing, Obviously, I'm smoking a Cloud Hopper by Warped. It's a great cigar. Yeah, for my cigar homies that are listening, it's a fantastic little smoke. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I know. Cause you didn't get me one. I didn't. Anyways, Dick. episode fifty-one, Europlatus. Uh, we're gonna be getting Cat uh, Saldana in. Here in a second, got to hit her up, tell her to give us a give us a buzz. Cat, cats. Saldana. Saldana. 
But we got all the regular business out of the way. Um, I got in some stuff from Brian Fisher and David Hockstadt, who was on the Condro cast just a few days ago. I got two Condros, and then I have that, that Jaya. Oh, yeah, you gotta let me see that thing. It's in, uh, She hasn't shed yet. I fed her last night, though. Yeah. She 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 has she has a, a scotch box as a hide, and she came out flying out of that sucker for that mouse, dude. She was some kind of pumped. Hello? Hello? What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Hi. So I'm this is this is Justin and then Jake is Yes, I am I am Jake. Yes. Uh, okay. Hi Justin, hi Jake. Hello. 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 Thank you for coming on. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I've, thanks for having me. I've wanted Europlatus bad for a long time, but I'm like, I'm kind of done with stuff with legs that aren't dark Dude, frogs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this so is, this cool. is like the one group of geckos that I actually like want. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't do geckos like at all. Yeah, I used to, but the, the Europlatus are just one group that I just like, they're super cool. And, yeah. yeah. They're super fascinating. And yeah. honestly, if you... If you have experience with uh, dart frogs, you probably would do pretty well with uh, Europlatus. Yeah, some of the setups I've seen, they're just, just so cool to see like the twigs and like the geckos yeah. there. But if you don't, if you don't know what you're looking for, like you don't know you're yeah, looking at you the gecko. Yeah, you won't see it. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. 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 Oh definitely. Super cool. <laughs> um, but we are currently recording, so this is this is this is going. Let's go. Okay. Go time. Great. I just I have to tell people <laughs> apparently. Someone, a certain somebody across from me gets upset when I just don't tell people that we're recording. I'm just like, hey, yeah, no, it's. It, I find it annoying because then I say stuff. I'm like, wait, are we recording? Yeah, like, he's like, like oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I like, well, it. cut that out because I didn't, you know, want that in there because I, you know, uh, sure, but yeah, <laughs> I like to cool. keep people on their toes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in when you're when you're in control of all the <laughs> dials and buttons, when you're the mastermind behind this operation. Right. You can just do whatever you want. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's lonely at the top. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Um, yeah, but uh, so Let's jump everyone that's boy. listening, this is Cat Saldana, and uh, hi. Give us a little bit of an intro about yourself. What's your background? Who are you? How you got into reptiles? Um, I'm the, uh, the general information every podcast starts yeah. with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah, I um, I've been into I've been into animals in general. You know, I've just been an animal lover my whole life. Um, and honestly, like as a kid, I didn't have too many reptiles, but I I did have an iguana and a toke gecko as a kid, um, like in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've just, I've had a fascination with, with reptiles and birds and, and really, you know, everything my whole life. Um, I actually went back and forth, uh, between wanting to be a vet and wanting to be an animator my entire life. Um, and, uh, I did not become a vet. Like <laughs> so, movie um, animation kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, oh, movie, cool. TV. So, yeah. So does that mean you do that? I do do that. Oh, uh, nice. A, <laughs> there you go. I'm a yeah, I'm a stop motion animator actually. So oh, that's, super cool. that's always that's so cool, but I every time I see it I'm like, man, it probably took them forever to do that. It does. It does. <laughs> it's a slow <laughs> She's process. like, yeah, it definitely takes a long time, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh but anyway, um 
so yeah lifelong kind of fascination with animals and and yeah I had I had a few kind of you know beginner-ish reptiles as a kid I don't know the toke wasn't wasn't my favorite I'll be honest um those and then handcrafted by Satan himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Geckos. I did not enjoy mine hey, at all. After after your uh, after your intro, let's ask her the uh, the the question we got on Tokes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, and finish. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway. Um. And then you know, I kind of took a break from you know keeping any animals for quite a while. You know, when I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, back in high school, I had seen a chameleon in a pet store, a Jackson's chameleon. And I had thought that was like the coolest thing. And I really wanted, I was going to save up my money and get it. And the guy, he talked me out of it. You know, he kind of knew, oh, they're, they're a little touchy. They're not for a beginner. So, um, but I kind of always loved chameleons. And so that's what sort of brought me back into the reptile hobby. Um, I was at a pet store one day, you know, in my adulthood and and saw a chameleon and I was like, oh man, that would be a cool, like, sort of, you know, first, you know, adult pet or, you know, first, first intro back into animals and, and, um, reptiles. So, you know, I, I knew I had to do my research and I did, and, um, I eventually got a panther chameleon. Um, and through that and through my research, I got it. Uh, involved in a group um, that likes, you know, a group that meets up like kind of a a chameleon club, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, here in Southern California and um, met a lot of cool people, a lot of reptile people. And uh, honestly, that's how I fell into the Europlatus. I was at one of these meetings and a friend was moving and kind of thinning out his collection. And he brought uh, a few animals to one of the meetings um, and one of them was a, a Bradypodian thamnabate, which is a, a South African dwarf chameleon, uh, pretty uncommon. Yeah. And it was it was sort of one of my dream like species. Um, and then he brought a pair of uh, Europlatus fantasticus, which are uh, the satanic leaf tail gecko. Mm-hmm. Also something that I, I had just, you know, only seen in pictures and had kind of thought was unattainable. And, you know, he was, he was selling them and I was, I was definitely interested in the chameleon and the the geckos. I was like, oh, those are so cool, but I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know the first thing about their care. I do know they're, you know, delicate. Um, You know, so I talked to him, I was muddling over, you know, and uh, finally I I just was like, well, you know, what, what are you asking? And he gave me a great, an incredible deal for for all of them. So I, I ended up with a pair of uh, of the leaf tail geckos, and um, yeah, it it really I fell into breeding by accident. Yeah, to be honest, took off from there. Yeah, I sort of you know I didn't have two cages. I, I didn't even intend to breed them, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't have two cages, so I put them together. I thought, well, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot. I know, I know, it's not super hard to get eggs and to get the eggs to hatch but getting the babies to you know survive is is a little tricky for some people so i i didn't have high hopes and um i i had an incredible pair and a a very prolific pair Mm -hmm. um and uh everything survived and every yeah so then i was like okay it was all downhill from there you know well you know i was like well this is cool but yeah i'm gonna take a break 
I, you know, this was fun. This was a good year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a break. And I separated them. Uh, and uh, I knew they could retain sperm. But I, again, didn't realize just how much. <laughs> and uh, I had a whole second year of retained clutches. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, so, uh, so then I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> and that's... So, the, I mean, uh, so they're similar to Crested's in the way that you only pair them once and then you just get clutch after clutch after clutch until... Interesting. Oblivion? Is that how... Is that... I mean, did the, the Europlatus work similar? Well, I think, you know, that's the interesting thing about Europlatus is I don't think anybody really knows yet. You know, we were... The species is still pretty new to mm-hmm. being in captivity successfully, you know, and so I think... You know, a lot of people, I think a lot of the people that are breeding them have every intention of breeding them, so they keep the pairs together. Right. You know, my thing was just sort of a fluke, like, well, I'm going to take them apart because I don't, I don't want to breed. And haha, <laughs> surprise, you know. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's, it's certainly possible that they can continue laying uh, fertile clutches mm-hmm. for at, at least a year, maybe more, you know. Um, but, and then I put them back together. So I, I don't, I didn't push it super hard right. to see just how far it could go. I did, um, in her last clutch that she laid before I repaired them, uh, she laid one fertile and one infertile. So I, I started thinking, well, maybe she's running out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's, that's still to be determined, but yeah, they definitely can, can retain sperm for quite a long time. Yeah, because that's like the smartest. And in, in, in terms of like evolutionary survival and stuff, like you mm-hmm. think about cresteds, like you think about mm-hmm. it, a species that only has to come across a male once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For an indefinite yeah. period of time. You know, it's like that's yeah. genius, you know, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see Europlatus a lot. I've wanted to keep them. I've come close to a few times and then just kind of was like, ah, I'll come back to them later. Like, they're not a big priority right now, but mm-hmm. I still get the itch they're, sometimes when I see them. Yeah, they're they're super neat. They, they're just, they're, they're, they're constantly fascinating me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really enjoy them, so. Do you keep um, other species of uh, the Europlatus or do you just keep the... Uh... I do. Um, I'm just recently dipping my toes into Europlatus pieshmanae. Uh, and that is the cork bark those are, gecko. Those are like one of the coolest ones. I don't ones, think I've man. seen. I don't yeah, there's not I've a lot of people that have them. They're super cool. Yeah, they're awesome. No, they're 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 extremely uh, uncommon. Um, those are the ones that the really States. got my attention. Like those things are on cork, dude. You can't even see them. Like they they disappear. It's it's like they predator. completely disappear. It's yeah, cool. they're super cool. I, I think I'm drawn to anything that has like crazy textures, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, yeah, they're they're so neat because yeah, they totally. All of all of those bark type geckos. There's uh there's also the Europlatus sicori and Semeti, mm-hmm. and they just melt. You know they're they're sort of known as the mossy mm-hmm. leaf tails. Yeah, um, mosses. they they just melt into you know the side of a a tree. It's super cool. Crazy. Do you work with uh, any of the giants? No, I don't. Um, I'm limited on space. Right. I would love to do that someday, but um, what I love about that's the about Henkel the species, eye, right? no, that's um, um, they're a bigger species, but there's a Fimbriatus. Fim- oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Fimbriatus. and uh, Gigantic mm-hmm. Gigantus are the two, the largest. Um, yeah, they're super neat. Maybe someday. Um, I also really think um, another fairly larger species is. Uh, 
the Europlatus lineatus. Yeah. Uh, they look like bamboo. They are so elegant looking. Those don't they're, seem they're big. Really... Those just seem long and slender. They look like, like those bamboo. They are. They're long and yeah. slender. They they have. Um, wow. I don't know. They kind of look like modern art to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they have like like these just thin, elegant shapes, and then uh, these really pretty, just long lines down their body, kind of mimicking yeah, like uh, bamboo. Almost like a cartoon drawing of Europlatus. Are those available in captivity, or, or not, uh, not They really? are. I've, I've definitely seen Lineatus in captivity. Um, I knew somebody that was working with them. I'm not sure if he's still working with them, um, but I think there might be a couple people in the U.S. working with them. So what, as far as your current collection, what are you, what are you keeping? Like how many and what species? Um, I'm keeping mainly uh, Europlatus fantasticus, uh, so the satanics. Um, I have 6.5 adults. Uh, they are not all paired. I have about three paired up this year. Um, and so far, seven hatchlings and nice. uh, still cooking some eggs. Um, and then I just have uh, one pair of the Pieshmanai. Um so, um, and I, I have not paired them up yet. The little girl is still growing up, so mm-hmm. nice. it may be a while. But I'm really excited to to get into that. Yeah, every time I see those, man, I'm like so jealous because those are just they're, they're so, so cool. cool, dude. Yeah, they, they're it, super cool. <laughs> Something I like about them is they have these. I just feel like they have these awkwardly ridiculously large toes yeah you know, they just, they <laughs> like just make, it makes them look <laughs> super cute <laughs> I, um, my favorite my probably my favorite part of all the theoroplatus are the, the eyes mm-hmm. i just i it doesn't get more they, like they reptilian yes than that. and they there's just like like the those the fimbri- gargoyles the fimbriatus yeah the gargoyles but the fimbriatus man they're just so mm-hmm. alien like you know yeah. that they're just Unlike like something any other plan, gecko man. out there, they're, they're like just predator. so cool, and it's just the yeah. way their eyes that you can just see everything mm-hmm. going on in there out there. Oh, they're so yeah. cool! Oh yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing neat. animals. Um, yeah. But so what? Getting into um, your your setups. What do you? As far as are, is the from what you've kept in the genus is the housing more or less the same for most of them? Unless you're getting into like the bigger stuff. Uh, I know a lot um, of people I, keep them seem to seem to keep them in sort of smaller. At least the Fantasticus are in I think twelve by twelve by eighteens typically or something like that. Yeah, um, people keep pairs typically in twelve by twelve by eighteen, um, and I've been doing that. But I'm actually kind of trying to get my pairs into eighteen by eighteen by twenty four. Um, just after like spending time and observing them, um, you know, they they leap, you know, they jump yeah. around. And uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like it just seems a little cramped in a 12 by 12, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I like to give them extra room, but they've certainly, you know, thrived in smaller. Um, You know, yeah, I I definitely, and I keep singles in the 12 by 12 by 18. I I actually, my grow out cages are sort of on the small side, but, you know, they thrive in that as well. Um, But I just, you know, I, I like to give them the room to really kind of watch their, their natural behaviors, you know? And, um, so yeah, that's as far as their setups. Um, but Europlatus setups, they can vary a little. Uh, so the Fantasticus are part of what's called the Ebenawi group, yeah. which is they're, they're all sort of like on the smaller side, you know, maybe like, 
maybe six inches or you know or smaller um and uh and that's including tail um and uh they um they tend to like look more like leaves Mm -hmm. and you know underbrush so they they tend i think to do well more with like sort of a variety of of branch orientations and like thinner branches you know and they'll they'll sort of they'll go into like a little cluster of branches and and they'll stick a leg out and and they look you know they look like a dead leaf with a (laughs) with a twig sticking out when they sleep um but some of the some of the medium-sized species and and i think also like the fimbriatus the larger species tend to um like a more vertically oriented uh like branch setup mm-hmm. and kind of thicker branches because they sleep vertically like adhered to the side of a tree right um so so that would be like kind of the difference in setups and then again the lineatus are sort of their own little thing and a lot of people set them up with bamboo um specifically because they're they're from an area that's you know predominantly bamboo forest um so yeah so for the most part though um i either have the 12 by 12 by 18 or the 18 18 24 um setups and i like to keep them bioactive uh so Mm -hmm. that's you know fully planted um but i've i've also had some success with some pretty bare bones setups i've had a couple of animals that i've quarantined I have done paper towel bottom and plastic plants and a couple, you know, plastic vines or branches. Um, I don't recommend that for everyone. I, yeah. I think, I think even, even bioactive, it's interesting, you know, to talk to people in different climates or different parts of the country. You know, I've had great success with the way I've set things up, but I don't know if, you know, there's some weird vortex over my house or something, you know, but it seems like some people with similar setups still struggle or, you know, and, and people who've tried the paper towel method can't keep it humid enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's worked for me, but, you know, I'm, I'm monitoring the, the temps and humidity and if, if it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's um, what I wanted to ask you too because every time I see someone keeping Europlatus, I don't see them keeping in a simple, what we would consider a simple setup in like the right. snake world. Like it's always yeah. you know, something bioactive, yeah, bioactive or close to usually, it. Yeah. Right, right. And and bioactive, honestly, I've, I've experimented with a variety of like, you know, elaborate like, you know, fancy backgrounds and, mm-hmm. you know, like to make it look nice for me. Um, but I've also, you know, slapped together really simple setups where, you know, there's a slab of cork bark going up the back, you know, and then a couple branches and, you know, maybe a live plant or yeah. maybe plastic plants. And, you know, I still will do like the soil bottom um, with the drainage layer and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do really well in that situation. Um, so, um you know, so, so first, like, my baby cages or my grow-out cages, I keep them really simple. Right. Um, mainly just so I can, you know, easily clean them. And, you know, when I sell a baby or, you know, move them up, um, they can throw something. You know, I can disinfect it or clean it and, you know, throw something else in there. So, right. um, yeah. The babies are tiny. Like, what are you keeping the babies in? The eggs are tiny. Um, and the adults aren't. Yeah, the the eggs- adults aren't even that big. 
I don't think I've ever seen right. a full-grown adult in person. Yeah, they're 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 small, <laughs> and the babies are super small. Yeah. Um, I keep them in um, at least for the first month or two in uh, the thirty-two ounce like tall deli cups. Oh. Wow. Um, and I personally, um, I do do bioactive even in those. Mm-hmm. So I have a super tiny drainage layer, then a and then a layer of soil, and then I just throw a little snippet of plastic plant in there, and I so I keep it really simple for them. Um, but they they can they can live in that for a while, um, and then when they're a little bigger, I either grow them out in um, an eight by eight by twelve, or um, I'm moving towards gallon jars from Uline. That's um, an idea too. Oh man, they've been mm. perfect. You know, I cut out the the top and put screen on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even able to make a little um, port so I can siphon out too much if it gets too much water in there Uh, i mean there's a lot of ways to to do that um to deal with the drainage but um yeah that's worked really well and that gives them you know a decent amount of space especially they're a little on the slow growing side Mm -hmm. um for me um i feel like it takes a bit over a year to reach full size um and then the Pieschmanai, man, I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're I don't know how long league. it's gonna take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long have you had yeah. those in particular? Those two? Uh not even a year. So okay. I, I got the little girl, she was about six months, four months, no, four months when I got her mm-hmm. in the spring. Um, I think in April, and then shortly after I got the male. The male's an adult, he's full grown, but she's um she's got catching up on yeah, I swear she's only gained an ounce. And I mean, I feed her. She eats like a monster. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but in the time I've had her, she's only gained about an ounce. So, um, yeah, she's got a bit. And do you keep them at like room temperature or do you have to give them? Because I, I come from the world of, of racks, like Cresteds and Gargoyles and, and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's like heat is an afterthought. It's like you don't even worry about it. Um Right. But I don't, um, I don't really see people using heat too much with your platters just from the setups I've seen. But like I said, that my, my scope of... Right. Yeah, heat is... So temperature is... Um, I think it's pretty key with them. Um, they're, they're a cooler temp species. Uh, actually, the genus is mm-hmm. cooler temp. Yeah. Um, I, I know Fantasticus in particular, um, most people don't want them to go over like 80. Um so I do keep them at room temp, but mm-hmm. you know you have to monitor like if your if your weather is warm, you know you have right. to have AC. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely have AC running in the rooms that they're in, um, and I'm I'm always watching it, especially in the summer, because uh, they, you know, I I personally have found that they can tolerate low 80s for yeah. a period of the day. You know, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't do it all the time. Um, but they seem to do fine. Uh, I've never pushed it over that. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did have one day in early spring uh, in the first year uh, that I didn't I didn't turn the AC on. I didn't remember. And it, it was still spring. It hadn't gotten super hot yet. Mm-hmm. Went out, got home. It was, it was really warm. I walked in and I was like, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> Make a beeline good. for the room. Not good. Yeah. Not good. And and they they everybody looked kind of wealthy like they mm. didn't look great but um if they're on the ac i put the babies in like a cooler with 
with an ice pack mm-hmm. to kind of just cool that down and put little blue ice packs on on top of all the cages and everybody was fine you know it, i don't think it got too warm for too long yeah you know um so everybody was fine every, every, the babies were fine they grew up they were you know so um but yeah they definitely don't like heat um and then i i'm speaking specifically for fantasticus i think some of the other species can take mm-hmm. a slightly higher temps but in general i think um you know, cooler temps are typical for them. Right. Um, so I try to keep I try to keep daytime temps, you know, really seventy to seventy five. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally, and sometimes it peaks up to eighty. Um, and then in the evening, like a like a ten degree drop, um, or the evening night. And then uh, in the winter, it gets you know, it just kind of naturally gets cooler. You know, I'm I'm fortunate to be by the coast in Southern California, so my temps stay kind of pretty even keel, and you know usually in the 70s outside. So you know, um, but in the winter it gets pretty chilly. So you know, I let the room drops down. They probably during the day, you know, get closer to like 65, 75. And then at night, you know, drop down as low as like 55 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they seem to do great. You know, I don't really see a terrible difference, you know, from like winter to summer as far as behavior, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh. And then humidity, humidity, I like to keep. Um, I miss them once in the evening, you know, and I I get it up to like you know, between 98 and 100% humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, my climate tends to stay fairly, you know, like about 50% humidity all the time. So um, I do let it kind of dry out or drop down during the day, um, usually to like 65% humidity. Um, but they, again... I think they need a little bit of dry out period. Definitely. I think some people tend to try to keep them like constantly humid, you know, cause everybody worries about, well, everybody frets about, you know, their, their parameters because their parameters are kind of specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think the drop in humidity is important too. So well, it's like you mentioned earlier. And I mean, it's the same with some snakes and, and cresteds too. You know, if you're on the West coast, humidity is a bit more of an issue. If you're over here on the East coast with us, it's never a problem or rarely a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Exactly. So it's all about where you are. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's, and, and even in down to individual things like, you know, in the summer, sometimes I'll run the ceiling fan on top of the AC to sort of really distribute, mm-hmm. you know, the cool air and yeah, it'll dry out a lot faster. So then, you know, I either add a misting session during the day or I've even like covered the tops, you know, partially with like saran wrap or something to keep the humidity in. Um, You know, I'd say with Europlatus, it's just important to always be conscious of the temps and humidity, you know, kind of always have your eye on it, make sure nothing's changing Mm -hmm. too drastically and, you know. And do you ever get any like shed issues with them as a res- like with the way you're keeping your humidity? Because you, you... I sometimes I... crusteds like it was kind of a crapshoot. Like sometimes I'd have no problems with sheds from babies, and then there'd be sometimes where I didn't do anything different. 
mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I get like stuck shut on the toes and stuff like that. It's a real pain. Yeah, the babies, the babies do. T- I'd say it's fifty-fifty. You know, sometimes I get maybe less than fifty-fifty, but you know, they yeah, I do get some shed issues. Um, again, even with the babies, you know, it's important to sort of let it dry out a little. Um, they're a little more temperamental with, I think with, you know, the humidity. Mm -hmm. So I, I try to, you know, err on a little more humid with them. Um, but yeah, they can totally have shed issues. Um, that first shed, I, I actually don't know much about other geckos. Um, but I know for Europlatus, that first shed is like super crucial. Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of like if they can't do it on their own, you know, sometimes people find that they don't thrive um what's that so they don't do so hot yeah exactly so um you know that first shed is sort of always the nail biter um i i give them a few days you know even if they're having a little bit of a time i try to give them a few days before i intervene uh, and for the most part, you know, I, I don't have issues. Maybe they'll have a little ring around their, their arm or something. And then I, you know, I'll give them a little help. Um, but yeah, for the most part. And then adults, I've, I've never had shed issues mm-hmm. with, yeah, you know, I, juveniles adults, or adults. I, I rarely had problems with adults. It was always babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, babies, yeah, they can be a little more fussy with that. But when they hatch and they're that small, what are you feeding them? Um, I start with, um, Hydei fruit okay. flies. Wow. Um, it's even smaller than I was, y- I was thinking like tiny, tiny pinheads, but damn. Yeah. Um, and then I, I know some people start them on pinheads. Um, and then, I mean, they, they actually, they can, they can take down pretty big prey for their size, you know? Yeah. Um, Sometimes it surprises me. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually know some people that jump to crickets right away and don't feel like fruit flies, I don't know, they feel like they don't quite get that hunting instinct mm-hmm. going. I, I don't know. I, I have. I always start them on fruit flies. Um, and then in a couple weeks, then I start with small crickets. Um, my monthals are already on, like, quarter-inch, maybe a little smaller, Um yeah. And do you supplement with anything? I do. Um, I supplement. Um, I kind of mix it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do uh, one day a week with uh, Rapashi Calcium Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do uh, one day a week um, just plain Calcium No D. Um, and and uh, that's um, Sticky Tongue Mineral. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no D and then I do a day uh, with mineral with D. Um, you know, I know um, it seems like a lot of the people who've been working with Europlatus for a long time, uh, they like the mineral supplement a lot. Um, and I was doing the Rapashi every day for a while and I honestly have not noticed a difference yeah. in changing it, but um, I added UVB, so I decided to kind of cut it back a little um i had one female that developed pretty large calcium sacs so i decided to sort of you know pull it back a little um because during the day i mean they're curled up sleeping right they're not even necessarily hiding like they're just i've seen pictures of them just kind of hanging upside down like a bat. yeah exactly (laughs) they're kind of so i mean the uv works for them because they're actually out and exposed to it right 
Yeah, um, I, I'm really curious. I would love to go to Madagascar and take my own readings, because um, there's there's so much debate about that. You know, technically they're at the very bottom of the rainforest, and everybody says, "Oh, there can't be that much UV yeah. that penetrates," and so it's a big debate. I have kept them with no UV, and I've again I've seen really no difference. Um, but you know, I put some UV made it available um i have some and and i have some geckos that yeah they they kind of plant themselves kind of out in the open and then i have some that i i mean they totally hide every day <laughs> when they sleep so you know i don't know i don't know if they need it yeah. i don't know if they want it <clears throat> um but yeah um that's neat they're just yeah. i love just the look of like the twigs with like the dead leaves and then there's a year flask in there and you got to do like the where's waldo thing yeah. oh yeah out and find it just... i mean that's kind of that's kind of the fun of putting them in that bioactive environment mm -hmm. too is um is is kind of i mean i guess you have to be somebody that's okay with not necessarily seeing your animals every day yeah. um I'm pretty good at spotting them. You know, I can usually find them unless they're really like hiding under something. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, what's fascinating about them is that there's so many variations in their colors and patterns. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, they really, um, and even from like, you know, the parents don't necessarily produce animals that look just like them you know mm -hmm. they produce a huge variety and so there's some that are you know darker and some that are very very light um you know like gray or tan um you know and then some that are like a dark black or purple or you know deep red you know so you sort of see the the gamut of colors and then there's you know some that are really splotchy and they have like these little spots of like green lichen yeah, on like them lichen yeah yeah, so I'm it's and what's cool is that like when I see them in these bioactive environments where you know I have leaf litter and I have different plants and there's areas that are wet and there's areas that are dry. I mean, you really see how all these different looks they blend in somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it's kind of trippy to see, you know, like there's this one twig in one of one of the enclosures that I swear it looks just like this, this, the same, you know, the gecko that's in that enclosure. So every time I'm like, oh, there he, oh, no, no, that's, that's, no, that's big, not you know? No, that's not <laughs> Why hasn't he moved in like 48 hours? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> right. yeah. What kind of plants uh, do you like to use in your setups? Um, I, I like ferns. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying, I use a lot of ferns. Um, I do like to have some sort of little tree element, um, and I've been using ficus benjamin. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan. <laughs> they're just like a weed, in my yeah. opinion. You know, they they just they they're so hard to control. Um, you know, my setups are already like root bound. Um, so, but it, like everybody uses them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like the number one plant, and they look good. You know, they they do look nice. Um, but I'm trying to like maybe shy away from those and just sort of do like ferns and. Vine, uh, vining plants and you know things that'll f sort of fill yeah, stuff the space with leaves stuff that doesn't necessarily then, need like really high humidity you know like a dark right. frog tank would you know stuff that's right. a little more temperate which the ferns are like perfect for okay. yeah and then and then i just try to put some you know spindly branches in for them mm -hmm. and and let them have that as their branches rather than an actual tree um 
but yeah. Um, Did you just like bake those? Like if you get twigs from outside, do you just do the usual bake for I do. a couple hours? Yeah. Or... Yeah. I bake them um, or I've started like just, you know, kind of trying to boil. I mean, it's hard to find a pot that's big yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, at least stick them in a pot to boil or put them under, you know, super scalding hot water for a bit. Um, cause they don't always fit in my oven. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the oven's cork never bark, big enough. <clears throat> yeah. Cork bark, I definitely throw in the oven mm-hmm. for a bit. I had a roach colony that just wasn't taking off and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then one day I realized there's a spider in there. Oh, in the, that would explain the cork bark. Yeah. Mm. So. I just, uh, on a, on a semi related note. So, you know, that tank that's sitting on my incubator, right? Mm. I put some new plants in it because some of the plants that were in there, they weren't doing so hot. They were, I think they were lower light than where I had them in the tank. They were up towards the top. So I pulled them Mm. and replaced them like a week later. I'm like, what are these little white things on the outside of the tank? (laughs) And so I was like, I wiped them off. I took the frontline spray and wiped the outside of the tank. I was like, this will kill them, whatever. And like a week later, I noticed the incubator is covered. Friggin' spider mites, dude. Spider mites. One of the plants, because I'm an idiot, and I didn't do, I, I like really half-assed the rinsing off of the plants in that tank. <laughs> spider mites every year. So that's why that one's out on the front porch, because they don't like high heat and they don't like high humidity. So I was like, I'll put <clears> it out <throat> on the porch, and the sun can fry them. <laughs> and they're like in the incubator. I bumped the incubator thermostat up to like 90. Jeez. Dude, they're everywhere. Like they're not, they're completely benign to the snakes, so I'm not really worried about it, but they're everywhere. Like it's unreal. Jeez, man. It's it's such a pain. Oh god. I'm like, that's that's that the sucks. one thing I don't love about bioactive is, you know, you really have to be pretty thorough mm-hmm. or you could end up with something, you know. So far I've been pretty fortunate, but um yeah. Cuz I looked at him with my jeweler's loop and I was like, "What is this?" Mm. <laughs> it's a freaking mite, dude. It's got little legs, got little Blood sucker things on the front. Mm-hmm. Oh, gross! <laughs> and then if, in the corner of the incubator, when you open the door, there's just like a mass of them. They're just and like I just wipe it, and every time I wipe it, I come in the next morning, and they're all like right back where they came from. So I'm like, I, at some point, they all gotta die because I keep wiping them, I keep taking the population down at least little by little. And they keep showing up, but they're not on any of the other tanks. They're just on that one. They're just on the incubator, and I mean they're all over the thermostat. Like I'm worried <clears> they're gonna get in the thermostat and like short it or something. It's it's a nightmare, and so I put that like the uh, the mealworm culture I had in there covered. So I'm gonna trash that just mm. the whole thing, throwing the bin out, the entire thing. Um, that tank, I'm just gonna let it sit out there for a couple of days. Hopefully, that kills some stuff. I don't know, but man, oh man, there's like that there's no scary. there's no thing to like attract them to kill them all. Yeah, you know, it's just like war of attrition. Spray it down with frontline spray, wipe it down, come back tomorrow or the same day later that evening and do it again because they're going to be right back. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. So, lesson learned. <laughs> Treat the plants that you get from Lowe's. Yeah. Because that was oh, when yeah. they showed yeah. up. It was literally that same <clears throat> week that I got those plants. Didn't have a single issue. Never saw one before in my life. Explosion. Damn. So. Yeah. Thank God they're, they're completely benign to the snakes, though, because... Mm-hmm. I was like in panic mode. I was like, that's a mite. It's not a snake mite, <laughs> yeah. but that's a mite. So, <laughs> so I'm freaking out and I'm like, dude, these things are going to be everywhere. We're screwed. I'm screwed. Yeah. 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 I, had, 
I had a similar thing happen with, um, I had a, next to my chameleon's cage, I had a, like, wax worm, wax moth, you know, Mm -hmm. cup. Totally forgot about it, you know, and then, oh, they were, the mites were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Luckily, as soon as I realized I got rid of the cup, and then, you know, the same thing, kept wiping them away every day, and eventually, you know, they were gone. Thank goodness. But, yeah, I've yeah. been wiping them for a week now and finally did it this morning. I was like, you know what? There's nothing because it's an empty tank. Like, there's no frogs in it. It's just planted. It's been planted for months and I just haven't bought frogs for it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, clearly this isn't working. I'm just going to put the tank outside and if all the plants die in it, I'll start over. You know, if it dies, it dies. Yeah. Whatever. There's nothing. It could be a, it could be a Europlatus <laughs> tank, Justin. Maybe. It's already got the foam background and everything. Yeah, true. So, it does have the foam background already. And it sucks, man, because those plants I put in there are doing really well. They're, yeah. Like, the ones exploded. It's one of the species Damn. of, uh, I think, Pilea. It's exploded. Mm. It's doing so well. And now, like, all these mites are going to kill everything, probably. If the sun doesn't, because that, that porch gets direct sunlight every afternoon. Mm. So anything in there is going to get hotboxed like crazy. It's going to get hot in that thing. Yep. But maybe that'll kill. We'll see. Playing it by ear. Something happens, it happens. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I ain't tripping. Don't trip, bruh. <laughs> Dumbass. Oh. Um, so, for someone who wants to get into your platus, uh, what species do you recommend or what's the hot gossip on the on the leaf tail streets about uh the leaf tail streets. the leaf tail would... streets <laughs> uh yeah i would actually not recommend fantasticus mm-hmm. um they're they're they tend to be considered you know one of the more temperamental ones uh and again oh, really? i haven't i didn't know that. i haven't yeah they're they're more fragile um mm-hmm. again you know that's what i started with so i can't really talk yeah. um <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, I've heard like the, the mossies. So, you know, the Europlatus sicori mm-hmm. and Samedi, I think are, are a little more tolerant. I, I know some keepers say like one species is a little more tolerant than the others of, you know, maybe some variation, you know, you, you just, I think want to start with an animal that, you know, has a little flexibility with temperatures and humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless you can just be really on top of it and dial it in. Um, or start then, with yeah, an I adult. Really... I'm sure starting with adult of any of the species would probably make life a lot easier than yeah. it. Being a baby. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, um, that's what I would recommend, you know, and then also, um, in general, I would recommend captive bred, um, and you actually probably can't get um, wild caught for much longer anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Madagascar closed to export, and yeah, I'm not totally right. up mm-hmm. on my Madagascar export news, um, but yeah, I, I believe it's still closed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, what's here is here, um, and I think most of uh, last year's quota has come in and, you know, been distributed. So um, I don't think we'll be seeing any wild caught, you know, for an indefinite period of time. Um, But um, anyway, definitely, you know, captive bred, you're just, you know, going to have just fewer 
risks. Right. With I mean, that, it's the same you know? way with green tree pythons. Right. You, know, you yeah. see, like, you see cheap imports on tables at shows, <clears throat> and people are like, "Oh, wow, that's really cheap." You know, I could. Yeah. People are selling these for a thousand dollars. Why is this one? You know, why get that when I can buy this totally. one for three fifty? Yeah. And I'm sure it's a very similar situation mm-hmm. where you're you're saving yourself a lot of heartache and headaches by just buying. Absolutely. Cases. Absolutely. You know, I would say long-term captive is certainly a, probably a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, every every wild-caught animal I've had has, has come with some parasite. Like uh, internal? Um, most internal. I okay. do have one with uh, mites, and mm-hmm. um, that's, that's proving to How be a pain. How the hell do you treat that on those? How do, well, like the ones that are that are like textured especially because mm-hmm. fantasticas are fairly smooth like they don't yeah, really have a whole um, lot going on texture wise but some of the other species man it's like the folds yeah, of the neck and like yeah <laughs> i mean they're yeah um well he's it's proving to be a little difficult so um i started with a topical treatment um because again they're pretty fragile a lot of people don't like feel comfortable mm-hmm. medicating them at all even right. even if they come in with parasites you know they just they they do seem to be able to live just fine mm-hmm. in the right conditions with a parasite load um but um so i know a lot of people that don't treat at all uh but with mites i i was like yeah i definitely i want to treat that um so you know i pick him up and i wipe him down with a q-tip um luckily i have this particular animal um uh, is pretty light in color and pretty like a tan Mm -hmm. color and these mites are bright orange um (laughs) and incidentally uh i have seen fantasticus with um that coloring with little bright orange spikes on them and i i actually (laughs) had well i had a little frustration kind of trying to get my vet i brought him into the vet to kind of see what he thought i should do um and he was like, oh, no, that's just a spot on him. And and the little buggers, to their credit, they were hanging on. So, you know, he tried to wipe it off with a Q-tip mm-hmm. and it didn't come off. So he said, oh, that's just a bump. I'm like, look, I've I've observed this animal longer than you. And this, this Get your microscope bumps, or your magnifying glass. These bumps are moving around. Yeah. <laughs> they're not in the same place every day. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, you know, and, there, and there, there's more bumps this week than two weeks ago uh so Look, i'm no you know, veterinarian but uh <laughs> i'm not a pharmacist so, but this looks like a mite <laughs> yeah so i had to like scrape it off myself and give it to him and then he looked at it under the scope and he's like oh yeah <laughs> so it's a mite, all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> i knew i knew yeah. it the whole time <laughs> yeah so so yeah i've been wiping the little guy down i've been pretty i've been able to get into all his little crevices and between the toes uh the issue i'm having is um so the sort of fold of skin above his eye mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot more of a crevice in there than i realized yeah. um and that is where they're hanging out mm-hmm. so i can get everything but that so i'm gonna look into i guess the next step would be a systemic treatment um i guess i'll take it slow you know um, I've treated them for flagellated protozoa, um, you know, and they've, they've done fine. You know, I haven't had any issues with treating them with medication. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's the same as anything, you know, observing them. Uh, the one that I treated for protozoa, um, he did kind of go off food for a while. Yeah. So, you know, I did a week of treatment and then two weeks off so he could kind of 
you know, rebound and then another week of treatment and mm-hmm. that cleared it. So, um, yeah, it's so bizarre that especially like in snakes too, you know, you can have mm-hmm. internal parasites in the wild. It's a fairly symbiotic relationship. Like totally. Yeah. You know, they're fine. But the moment you put them in confined in a box for some reason, it just, it gets off yeah. balance and things like yeah. get thrown off. And it's, it's bizarre because you would think it shouldn't make that big of a difference, but you know, at the yeah. same time, a parasite's goal is to find more hosts and make more of itself. So, yeah, maybe that yeah, traveling aspect of it is sort of the the benefactor, but I don't know. yeah, well, I mean, I think you know we're also putting them you know in a box where they sleep in the same spot and poop in the same spot, mm-hmm. you know, and they can't move away from yeah. where they're leaving that you know parasite. <laughs> so um, you know, I know I know at least with like a gecko, you know, if you throw crickets in there and the cricket walks over the poop, you know, they're just right. They're you're gonna up have this and all that other stuff cycle of reinfection so um i think that's the trick and like when i when i have treated them man it's like i'm i'm super anal Mm -hmm. you know it's new paper towel disinfect (laughs) the enclosure you know it's it's kind of a real pain and again i know people who don't feel that the uroplatus tolerate that scenario very well um i haven't worked with that many wild caught animals Mm -hmm. but you know so far you know it's it's worked out okay i sometimes think they can take a little more than we give them credit for right but then you know again it's just like if one little parameter is off you know that could that could do it too you know so, so that solves it jake they're the chondros of the gecko world <laughs> you give them what they need they do great but yeah like when they go downhill, if, if a it's little like bit, get ready for a ride. And if it's like, if a little bit's off, and just yeah, right on down, yeah. you know. If it's if you're on, everything's fine and easy. But if you're off, you're off, and it's yeah. And it's, I, I think Europlatus are definitely like that, yeah. you know. And I, from what I've seen, you know, when people you know post about oh, you know, this is going on, I'm like, man, it's already too late. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's we, yeah. When a certain like if they're a lot. if they're off food you know for a period of time if they're losing weight it just seems like that's it you know the beginning of the end yeah but you know i'm not saying they can't rebound Mm -hmm. but i feel like in most cases they don't at that point yeah and that i mean that ties into the the whole captive bread over import thing sort of ties into the next question that we sort of just covered but um you know the only time i really see any europlatus for sale at shows it's typically on the table of an importer and so i it's almost always like a sakore or uh you know, sure it's, it's never really anything other than those right. i think mm-hmm. i've seen maybe a henkelai like once or twice maybe. okay i could be wrong um yeah i've, I've seen um i've seen a fimbriatus once yeah um, i've seen a few of those too i did about. see something from the ebonawi group it was um there's a couple that are sort of up in the air as far as what species they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the only way to tell is to open, get their mouth open. Yeah, and look they're at the, like different you know, colors, right? Yeah, the buccal membrane in the back of uh-huh. their throat is a different color. So, um, you know, I don't think importers are super happy, you know, right. handing over a gecko so they can... <laughs> get it to open its mouth um (laughs) but yeah so i've seen a few here and there but yeah um i don't often see wild caught your platus at shows or Mm -hmm. i'm sorry wild caught fantasticus at shows um but 
yeah. I don't, it just, it gets, it's the same thing. I see him and I get tempted. And like, there was, I think the Charleston show, like maybe last year, there was some February mm-hmm. there. And I was like, eh, I want to say they wanted like maybe 150, 200, 225, Ooh. something like that. And so I was like, oh, that's yeah. really tempting. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> the table that was selling, I was like, I ain't buying nothing nah. for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I that's, don't know. That's I'm, why I'm, it was 150, 200 bucks. Like those, yeah. those and Chihuahuas are the only geckos that I would be like, yeah, I'll get back in the legged animals for that. Yeah, like I'll get, <laughs> I'll do, I do that. I do like gargoyle geckos, but I yeah. do kind of miss gargs. I, I miss, miss gargs more than Crested's. Gargs were a lot of fun. Yeah, because those things are just it, wild. If looking. I had to choose a, a legged creature to keep, I'd, I'd definitely choose the. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, they're neat, man. They're just, they're so cool. It's like, it baffles me that, like, nature made that. Nature. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like, how? How, like, how does (laughs) evolution make it so that that thing looks just like a leaf? Well, and it's, again, it's, it's beyond that, even. It's, it's not only does it look like a leaf, but when it sleeps, it, it acts like a leaf. You know, it it literally sticks its leg out straight, like a twig. You know, it curls, it it curls its tail over its head. You know, it really just looks like a pile of leaves, you know, and I, I've, um, you know, if they sleep in the leaf litter, you know, I've, I've caught a couple of females like kind of, you know, hanging out down there mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, just, I mean, I, you can't pick it out if, if you don't know what you're looking right. for. And even if you do, you know, and then, and then just, you know, all the little nubs and little spikes and yeah, texture random, on them. Random and, little, they do get these random the, little like nodes almost that just break them yeah up, I guess. yeah and i think yeah i think it just breaks them up it makes them just sort of yeah and then and then the patterns with you know the lichen spots and like no no gecko is the same you mm-hmm. know not a single one is the same um and then you know and then you get into the like the mossies and and just that um they have this fringing all all yeah. around the underside mm-hmm. of their body um, and that's just to sort of, break, again, break them up against mm-hmm. a tree and make them just literally melt into the side of a tree. Um, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. And, and then same with them, the patterns, you know, some have more green, some have splotches of white. And you wouldn't think necessarily, oh, this this bright white, you know, this thing with big bright white spots is going to, but there's something out there right. that it But in the matches. context of... You know, yeah, where they come from, it makes complete sense because they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're just so cool because of that, you know, because of their cryptic nature. Mm-hmm. And when you, um, as far as pairing yours, how long does mm-hmm. it like? What's the? How long do they hold onto eggs until they drop those? And is it two? Is it two uh, at a time? Right. Typically, it's two at a time. Yeah, it's typically two at a time. Um, at least for the Fantasticus, I think that might be the case though with with most of the species. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I'm trying to think. It's I feel like they lay about once every month to two months. Okay. And I, again, it doesn't seem like at least for me personally. For a while, like I had I had paired up two separate pairs, and they were getting it on at mm-hmm. the exact same time and then they literally they both laid within days of each other you know and the eggs hatched within days of each other mm-hmm. and then they laid again within days of each other so they, um, they glue them to surfaces too kind of like day geckos 
Uh, yeah, they, they sort of pseudo bury it. I mean, they, um, uh, so they'll they'll like, they like to find like, they like to go under a leaf if they can, Mm -hmm. but you know, if not, uh, they'll, they'll just dig like a very like small depression in the soil and then they just kind of lay them there kind of half um because crested will if you give them like a foot of dirt they'll dig down in it as far as they can yeah no (laughs) these guys definitely just like a a little you know they kick a little depression out and then they that's what always cracked me up about people with cresteds and bioactive ovariums they'd have like six inches of dirt and i'm like cool when that female lays have fun looking for those eggs because you're gonna tear all that stuff up just to get these eggs out of there yeah yeah. Yeah. It's, time. I mean, it's kind of great. I had uh, one female that, man, she just, it's like she knew I wanted to find them. She'd put them right at the front of the, <laughs> the cage, you know, like right there, there'd be two glistening little pearls, you know. Um, and now uh, I have a little bit more leaf litter and they, they tend to like to, to do it under the leaf litter. So mm-hmm. then it's like, I kind of just have to be aware of their schedule or kind of when I think they should be laying so yeah, like I had for a while they were going every month and now they've tapered off a bit. Um, so it's, I'd say every month to two months, the Fantasticus uh, will lay. Um, I've typically gotten about four clutches a year from them, uh, from, you know, each female. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the two, two per clutch. And what's um, the incubation like? Incubation runs between like 80 and 120 days. Um, and I've, I've, I've tried something new this year. Um, and I think it led to shorter incubation. Uh, I had, um, for a long time, mine were hatching out right around a hundred days. Um, it was pretty, pretty like bulletproof, uh, 99 to a hundred days. Um, and then this year I decided just to try keeping them a little warmer. Mm -hmm. Um, the experiment was to see if temperature affects the sex of what hatches. Um, and when I say warm, just a touch, um, you know, again, I just, I'm a little wary to try anything super different because what I've done has been successful um but i i did them a little closer to the higher 70s you know 80 for chunks of the day um and um i've gotten about 80 to 85 days of incubation out of that um but i'm not seeing a difference as far as like viability mm-hmm. are that I mean are the babies um, coming out any smaller or are they about the same not really no everything's oh, about wow. the same um, and it's interesting because, yeah, everybody's sort of rule of thumb is like the longer it's in the egg, the better, you know, mm-hmm. the longer it has time to develop. Um, and that's probably true. But I think, you know, they're they're on the shorter end, but they are within the range. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was like 70 days, that would be yeah. a concern. I mean, that's that's how um, it was with crested. It's like, you know, yeah, if you put crested eggs at a higher temperature, you can get them to hatch out in 60 mm-hmm. to 80, mm-hmm. you know, but typically mine took about 90. And it's like, you yeah. would notice a difference if you saw a crested that hatched out at 60 days versus a crested that hatched out at 90. Right. You know, the yeah. 90 one's going to be a lot bigger. It's going to be a lot stronger. I mean, I probably mm-hmm. should get scientific about it and weigh them because mm-hmm. they're so tiny and it's probably a negligible difference. Right. But, you know, visually they look the same to me. And they certainly are just as, you know, energetic and, mm-hmm. you know, they're acting normal. So I'm I'm not concerned about them um going forward you know i haven't actually seen a difference in the sex so um 
I might keep them incubating cooler and keep them in there longer. And Just, I, you know. That's something I hurt. can't wrap my head around either. Is like snake eggs take, what, 50 days, 54 days, typically? What do yours usually take? Mine took... Yeah, python eggs will hatch around the 60-day mark. Mine like took 64. That, I can't figure it out. I'm... I, my only thing that I can, my only theory as to why geckos, like crested gecko eggs, like those are tiny. Yeah. They take 90 days. Yeah. These, even smaller, they take longer. Yeah. Snake eggs, <laughs> like a two thirds, you know, a third shorter of the time. Right. And they're way bigger. Like, I, I think it's, hmm. my theory is because geckos, I guess, quote unquote, technologically have a lot more going on. Mm. You know, they have a lot more Perhaps. finer, finer things that need to develop, like toe pads and you know, hmm. I don't I don't know I just it blows my mind that I can hatch out a clutch of green tree pythons and you can hatch out pop ones that are even bigger you know the eggs are huge yeah in the same amount of time and these things are still cooking <laughs> I just yeah. I, don't, I don't know it, it's it's really strange I've I mean, been something I've been thinking about a know, lot even lately, look at actually. stuff like uh like a you monitors. know like Kai fan with those yeah. mangrove monitors man those things are how how long are they hatching I've, at is, um, it's it's like over, over 100 days. well over 100. I was thinking like of the 140s, mm-hmm. something like that, you know. And it's just... a long incubation period. And, I mean, I mean, who knows why, you know. Yeah, it's it, just it could, strange uh, It me. could go as far as, you know, the type of environment that the animals are in, our eggs and yeah. our, you know, evolutionary, mm-hmm. evolutionarily speaking, you know, are the, the where pythons lay eggs, do they have to hatch faster because there's mm-hmm. more egg eaters around there whereas mangroves eggs aren't mm-hmm. really you know that type of more I don't know. more you know theoretical i guess but actually like the mangroves the monitor thing we we need to ask her the toke question again oh do you remember yeah. it was the the komodo dragon one yeah. right okay so since you had a toke it just made me think of this uh we did a would you rather video a while ago and uh, oh, one, uh-huh. uh, and one of our questions was, would you would you rather fight uh, one Komodo sized toke or a hundred toke sized Komodo dragons? <laughs> Wait, would I rather? Okay, would you if you had to fight one of these two things? Oh. Okay, if you had to <laughs> fight one Komodo dragon sized toke gecko or one hundred. Toke size Komodo dragons. Ooh. What would you? What would you? <laughs> That's a great question. What would you do? Man, <laughs> it's, a <good> <laughs> it's, it's a hard That's one. Kind We're, of a coin toss, isn't it? We, I mean, they're both opted, pretty vicious. Yeah, we opted for the the Komodo size Toke. Yeah, because I feel like yeah, double team it. Yeah. Yeah, probably one one is better. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a hundred hundred. All I to- think because I mean, like Tokes are the hefty geckos, man. Like. They're not huge, but they're they're hefty geckos. And if they're there's a hundred of, and yeah, if there's a hundred of yeah. them, they were Komodo dragons. Get out of here! <laughs> I, I, I take on the I take on the 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 Komodo size. All I think of are the little yeah, Compisauruses so. and Jurassic Park, the little green little green smartasses that chase you down in packs of like twenty. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah, I just I feel like you'd get overrun by a mass of anything. Yeah. Especially it's if it's a, vicious. A lot of sharp teeth, too. Yeah, if they have the same attitude as most tokes, then uh, <laughs> be out of luck. But, They'd uh, go crazy yeah. on a cat if you put, like, a, through a cat to, like, all those com- little toke Man, komodos. you shared a video not too long ago of a toke 
taking on a snake or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. thing was like dude, the size of a squirrel, things, those dude. Those things will hold their own. They're like the Thai that squirrels. That thing was huge. They're the squirrels of Asia. I, dude, that thing, that was the biggest toke I have ever seen. Yeah. That thing literally <laughs> was the size play, of the squirrels, man. man. That thing was crazy. I love that they dude. fight back. They're like, oh, you're going to yeah, eat yeah, me? Like, you're going to work for it. Yeah, you're going to have to work for this. <clears throat> oh, you're man. going down. They're crazy, man. <laughs> I don't miss mine. Mine would. Mine was a male. And it would bark at night, oh, yeah. all night, loudly. <laughs> and then when I had to clean the cage, he'd spaz out or he'd try and bite me. Oh yeah. And I was like, I hate you. I like, why do people enjoy these? Common occurrence for tokes. <laughs> I've, like, so cool. I've, I've seen some people. I've seen some people who you know, have so, nice tokes. So I have a personal rule after having the toke, uh, and the iguana actually. Um, <laughs> Because the iguana was not a nice iguana, um, despite my efforts. Uh, uh, I, I don't – anything that has a propensity to bite or be temperamental is not my thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not into keeping animals that tend to be nasty. Yeah, see, and the <laughs> issue a... is the tokens can get away from you pretty easily. Yeah. Like snakes, if it's a mean snake, like an Amazon tree bow or something, it's like it's just gonna sit there and try and bite me repeatedly. Yeah. Like a toke is gonna like bite and then disappear <laughs> onto your wall yeah. and be gone <laughs> and you're not catching it. Yeah. Even cresteds, man. Cresteds that don't want to stop moving. I, I had I... a few that were really spazzy, but none of them ever like Yeah, I know, me, but yeah, I'm not talking like biting though, but yeah. I find that more annoying. Like like Remember a that one male just, like, I had? Just, just won't stop jumping. Dude, that one like, male I had, he would run up my going. shoulder, over my head, my other shoulder, like on my back, jump off, the, you know, land on the floor, land on the chair, and yeah. then I'd chase him. Like, he was place, when, he, when I got it, rid of him, so when annoying. I sold him, I was like, thank God. It is so, that is so annoying to me. I, I can deal with biting. Yeah. Like, I can do that, but I don't do chasing. I don't like chasing stuff from you, man. It's, <laughs> uh, unless it's in the field, you know, if I'm herping mm-hmm. and I'm running after snakes. Race runners, you ever try and chase a race runner? Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, in Florida, I found Those some race runners. can go runners. like 18 miles an hour. Yeah. I, I, I made it my mission on my last urban trip to Florida to uh, catch a race runner, and uh, it did not They're happen. really pretty lizards. Yeah. They're just, like, as soon as you see them, they disappear. Yeah. They teleport. <laughs> they gone. Gone. Fast. Um, But we probably already sort of got into this, but what is your, like, what is your favorite thing about keeping the genus, and why should other people get into them? Um, my favorite thing is, is the, the cryptic nature, you know, just, mm-hmm. um, I, I've noticed that in general, I'm attracted to animals that look like other stuff, um, like things that they're not kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, that leaf tail, oh, it's just, I can't get over it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and every, again, every single one is different. The, the females tend to have like these smooth edged leaf tails and, but the males, have these little notches kind of looks like you know a bug has nibbled on the leaf or something oh is that and that's a sex thing it is a sex I thing it tends well it te- it tends to be a sex thing um that's there's yeah predominantly the males will have the notchy tails and a male can have a, a fairly smooth yeah. tail um and a female can have a notch you know but for the most part yeah the, the really notchy ones are typically male hmm. um and yeah i i just you know how cool you know that that right Mm -hmm. down to that little detail you know um they look like they look like a leaf you Mm -hmm. know and uh yeah so i love that you know i love the that the cork bark 
geckos look like cork bark. I love that they disappear. It's Even eerie. though, you know, that mm. that means, you know, it's hard to find them. It's eerie um, that they I, look so <laughs> similar to that. Like, it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no, I so mean, I, I... I was looking for the little girl I have in her enclosure, and... Um, <laughs> Normally she's in like some particular spots like at that time of night when I feed her and I'm like looking all over. I'm like, where is she? Where is she? And then finally I'm like, well, maybe she's kind of behind something. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, so I open it up and throw the food in and, and then she's right in front of me. She's right <laughs> in front of me, right on there. There's a big piece of, you know, cork log, like right in the front, right on it, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know? <laughs> There's literally um, been one or two pictures people have posted on like Instagram or Facebook where they're like, spot the gecko and it's one of those, those cork bars. Oh yeah. And I Absolutely, literally couldn't yeah. even find it. Yeah. Like I gave up. I was like, I know I'm looking at it, but I can't. I, know I it's literally, right in front of my face. I cannot decipher where this thing is sitting. Yeah. Like there was one day I looked at a picture for probably 10 minutes trying to find it. I, never like, yeah. I, never I know it's right there. Things. I can't find I, it. I never give up on this. It was things. impossible. <laughs> yeah. Well, so sort of funny story. Um, I knew I was getting this girl. I had, you know, kind of made a, a deal with somebody months before, but we couldn't ship till, you know, the weather got good. And um, so I was, I was prepping her, her enclosure. I was like super excited. So I was, I was getting extra fancy with it and putting all kinds of cork bark panels in, but, you know, as I said, I like to bake the cork bark mm-hmm. and I baked it probably a little hot. Um, and it, it all got a little like crispish, not, not, yeah. So <laughs> it took on like yeah. a darker color. And so when I got her and put her in, I was really bummed because she was now like a lot lighter her. than it. Oh, so, now I can find it. What? Damn it. So she, she doesn't blend it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be the only way you could do it. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> find some environmentally safe like paint and paint it black and like it's right there right <laughs> um but yeah um that's what i love about them that's uh they that they just they look so cool they look so alien you know there's there's so much variety like every baby that hatches i don't know what it's gonna look like mm-hmm. you know i i kind of hope you know it'll look they'll have some traits from the parents but you know, sometimes it doesn't and it still turns out amazing looking mm-hmm. you know so um so that's what's exciting about them um why should people keep them um because they're really freaking cool they're not um, geckos. <laughs> and yeah they're um uh but you know they're probably not for everybody you know mm-hmm. if you want something flashy that that stands out definitely not for you um because you don't really handle them very much right like they're and they're really yeah they're not they're really they're really a look don't touch species yeah. you know i'm right. i'm extremely hands-off yeah so you know if you want a really cool display animal uh that's like a, a real you know talking point mm-hmm. you know to show people i mean but you have to be you know, pointing it out to people that, you know, that don't know what they're looking for. Uh, But yeah, they're, you know, it's a super cool talking point and, um, you know, they're, they're really fun to watch. Uh, Also, you know, if you're not a night person, you know, they are nocturnal. Um, Mm -hmm. They're still super cool to look at when they're sleeping during the day. But like, you know, um, part of the fun for me is like, you know, getting home and right before bed is when I feed them. So, you know, I, I kind of get to see them sort of coming out and doing their thing for a little bit. Right. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to watch them, you know, climb around and, and leap and, you know, um, 
you know, pounce on stuff. Sure and, make a ton you know. of noise like the Cresteds did all night long. You'd hear the Cresteds just banging against the side of the pillow. <laughs> jumping from like end to end yeah. constantly. Yeah. 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 Like, God, that sounded like it hurt. Yeah. Well, I remember. Uh, yeah, you'll hear them. <laughs> when I, when I lived in Texas, I took, I, I didn't keep, I took care of a lot mm-hmm. of Crestia because they weren't technically mine, but that was one like, thing. All night long. That was one moshing. thing that I thought that were kind of, was just kind of funny about them. I would laugh whenever I heard mm-hmm. her. they're running around um, and do the males when you pair them with the females do the males like chirp the males make uh, noise so the only noise i've heard is from the babies um they they can make noise but i've i've not witnessed adults doing that um uh but yeah the babies have chirped at me like you know when they're you know if i'm if they get sprayed you know if they get the water drop in their face or Mm -hmm. if if I'm fussing with them uh, with their shed, you know, they'll give a little squeak. It's yeah. super it's the cute. Crested. If you're um, a male crested and, and you were handling females at all, you start hearing the chirp of doom. Yeah, the chirp of doom. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they grab on your um, hand and they start trying to tear it off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, courtship-wise, it's it's actually kind of cool. The um, And sometimes when they're hunting, too, they, they do this big tail-wagging thing. You know, so seeing their their leaf tail kind of like mm-hmm. wagging side to side is is pretty fun. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're fun to watch. So, yeah, you know, and and there's a species for everybody. You know, if you like a bigger, uh, larger animal, you know, there are the fimbriatus and the the gigantus, and you know, even the like the Sicori and Sameti are they're medium size, mm-hmm. but they're a decent size, you know. And then if you know, I I like the small ones, you know. The small ones are a great fit for me because I don't have a lot of space, mm-hmm. um, you know. And they're still just as charming mm-hmm. and just as cool, you know. I mean, the the Satanics they look so intense, you know, because of that they, are. they look that sinister. like yeah. angular yeah. look. <laughs> and when um, you, as far as determining from male from female are you just taking a loop and looking for pores on males uh no um so kind of again and this is really subjective a lot of people say this is not 100 percent um but you can look at the tail right out of the egg you Mm -hmm. know uh, as soon as they've shed and their tail is kind of unfurled um you know if they have notching pretty good sign that they're a male um also the males at least again for me have tended to every time have this very pronounced uh white teardrop under their eye um and the females either don't have that or have just like Mm -hmm. a super fine like white line but it's um that you know and then the males tend to have a little more of these little teeny like spikes on their body like Mm -hmm. um they're a little more textured the females are a little more smooth uh, but then around three or four months, um, the males are, grow a pronounced uh, bulge. bulge. So um, bulge. super, super easy to sex. Um, I think that that is, that's the case for Fantasticus. Um, and I think that's the case for some of the other species, but I think it's a little trickier with mm-hmm. some of the other ones. Um yeah, but they do seem to sort of have a thing, the Europlatus in general, where like a certain pattern or a certain something in the pattern is you know, like a male thing. Yeah, and, there's some sort of dimorphism. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So what are your plans for 2019, the rest of the year in, in 2020? 
Uh, rest of the year, I'm just, uh, you know, growing out my hatchlings and waiting on a few more. Um, and uh, 2020, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to keep, you know, keep being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily planning on expanding, um, mainly just because um, I'm trying to focus on my job as well, my, my day job. What a, <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> <laughs> what's who focus, that who focuses on work over there oh i know like, i know uh but i love my job so um <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good reason to <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really why. good thing uh, <laughs> i wish but, i loved uh, my job so <laughs> uh but yeah um so i i may not expand um just you know if i can get the pieshmanai together as soon as i can do that you know I'm not sure that's even going to happen next year, but mm-hmm. I sure hope it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I hope to keep keep working with them and and you know maybe in the future expand or if not just keep uh, keep going. Does it mean, um, you, have you been selling any offspring, or is that something? Oh, absolutely. Kinda, yeah. yeah, no, I I do. I I sell the offspring. I I try to keep like a one or two holdbacks, you mm-hmm. know, per year. Um, but and, and yeah, since I have a couple of uh, new pairs going, I'm kind of excited to see you know what what I decide to keep. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely sell them, and That's they fine. will probably start becoming available end of this year, early next year. If I start selling um, some condors, I might come find you. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you should. You should. You should try it. More vivariums in the house. It's gonna drive Katie crazy. Oh yeah, she's, she's already that. like. Why do you have so many dart frog tanks? I was like, I only have five, four if you count the ones that have frogs in them. I was like, how cool would it be for people to come over to the house and they open up the front door and there's like dart frog tanks all over the house, like scattered, and they can just peruse them as they walk around and peruse. Yeah, it's it's so difficult, you know. I there's there's a dozen species I'd love to jump into, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The list of stuff you want to get is always going to be longer than than what you can actually do. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, where can uh, if people want to see these fantasticus themselves, where can where can they go to follow you? Um, uh, I am at Leapin Leaf Tales on Instagram. Um, that I, that is it. I don't yeah, actually you're, have you're a one platform kind of. I am. <laughs> kind of girl. Um. Yeah. Wrong with I that. might expand that. that yeah. But um. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but just just regular me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you very oh, much. We're at an thank hour and a half. Thank you so much. For, it's been we, fun. We it's burned through an hour and a half, no problem. A, yeah, that was that was an easy one. <laughs> Great. Yeah. This has been a long time coming because I've been talking yeah, to her for. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking like, for a while. We're gonna make it happen. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. like we're gonna let's kick it back some more. Okay. <laughs> like we'll, whenever you know. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm glad it. Glad we finally got to do it. Yeah, it. thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. It's it's really exciting to get to talk about that and um, share share my experience and and yeah, I hope I hope you do it. You should you should jump in. I eventually. It's gonna, <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be, but I, I have a feeling it'll happen. Cool. Because I always need more later. stuff to do. Oh yeah, you know? we always absolutely need more stuff. <laughs> One day when me and Justin are making it big and we're breeding full time. <laughs> That'll never happen. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, we appreciate you again. Cool. Thank you. you It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right. right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Episode 51. This worked out because my phone is on the verge of death. So am I. Are you really? I'm very tired. No, my phone. Oh. Not me. I said I am. Oh. You said your friend's on the verge of death. I said so okay. am I. Okay, I thought you said so is mine. No, I said so am I. Enunciate. Dumb. Use your words. I am using my words. Anyways, Mr. I keep staring at these bottles of hot sauce. You just want to try I'm, one dude, I'm, so I'm bad. anxious to try them all. I almost just dropped that. Don't. I'll point with that with if I comic too. I'm curious to see what the free comic's Ooh. all about. But I don't want to open the bottles yet. I don't want to break the seal. I want them to be, I want to be ready for us. You know? Mm, I'm so scared. I'm not. It's going to be fun. We're going to die. What do you, you want some like regular bone-in wings or you want to get some like chicken tenders or something? I feel like it's kind of almost, it, like it's almost a crime to to try these with chicken tenders like you have to do it wings you have to do it right you gotta toss the wings in the sauce but at the same time like I mean wings are messy I got a beard yeah, people it's gonna I mean, it'll look wings, like a crime scene when just I'm get done some, just get some wings and just what do you mean just get some wings and just, just dab it on there like yeah. hot ones you ever watch hot ones on YouTube no I need to send you some links. It's pretty funny. That's what I like. I saw these. I was like, oh, we got to do a thing like hot ones. Yeah. Where they have like 12 different hot sauces and they have celebrities come on. Okay. And they start with the mild ones. And then as the questions go, like they get to like these like stupid, insane hot sauces. Mm. And like they're asking them questions and they're like tearing up and they Sweet. can't breathe. And like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's awesome. So I saw that. I was like, yes, we're going to do something <laughs> yeah. like that. But no, dude, you can't just put a little dab on them, dude. You got to toss them covered. Cover them. Oh God. How many wings do we need? So what we say, we I mean, do like two each. I mean, realistically, so we need ten wings. So realistically, we because I mean, I'm a, I might five need a second sauces, opinion. We each need one. So yeah, ten wings. Okay. Split up. I make, don't know. Make, what if there's one the, I really like and I want to do it again? That's why like the chicken tendies. I kind mean, of get thing. some extra wings. This is just for the video, I, dude. I've been plotting this for a minute. Like I've dude. been like thinking about how we're gonna come at this, and I'm. I'm extreme. Uh, to be honest, I thought we were just gonna take some, take either wings or or uh, or chips and just. Ain't nobody doing chips. It ain't salsa, boy. Boy, all right. Got to do them on wings. Sorry. Thing was, I think my thing was too close to wings. The wings. Wings or wings. chicken tenders. Tenders, chicken tenders. But Sunday, if you're off and you're not on call, I'll make a trip over to the Bylos and grab us some chicken. Chicken. We'll do it right. Yeah, boo. Some fresh chicken, Anyways, thanks again to Cat from Leapin' Leaf Tales for coming yeah. on for episode 51 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. And thanks to Fishhead Diagnostics and Steve Snakeshuary. Steve Snakeshuary are lovely sponsors. Good people. You guys are amazing. We love you. Um, I think we said it last week, but if you went to Daytona and you stopped by the Fishhead table, thank you for coming by and checking that out. Uh, good time. Ready for next year's Southeast Carpet Fest 2020, February 7th through the 9th. Be there, be square. We will be. Yep. Don't be a square. Don't be a square. Be a a bear. A trapezoid. What? It's a shape. Oh. God, you went to Battery Creek, didn't you? No. Battery Creek High School? No. Where'd you go? Dude. You didn't go to Buford High. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you this? What? 
I was homeschooled, you oh, jackass. Right. <laughs> You've known me that for going everything. on two years I'm now. Sorry, you look like a creek kid. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would have gone to creek. Yeah, I, but it's probably a good thing you didn't. Yeah, it is a good thing you didn't. Places battered creek penitentiary is what I call it. That school was rough. That's like a like a a stand by me kind of school. Dude, all Buford lean Buford, on me. Buford schools are rough in general. I went to Buford High. It was fine. We're getting off topic. Whatever. <laughs> Stop! Stop hijacking the end of this I ain't podcast. Doing nothing. It's you. All right. So All right. follow me at Palmetto Coast Exotics, Facebook, Instagram, the YouTube. It's your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me at uh, Job Morelia on Instagram and Facebook. I really had to think about that. Yeah, I lost my train of thought, dude. I, my, my my brain's going a million miles a minute right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about stuff. Sorry. School. No. School. <laughs> what? I know. I am never doing school again. All right, y'all. We appreciate all your right. subscribe, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, That's it. We'll see you later. That's it. Dude.